In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Anthony Eisenman, how are you, my friend? Pammy, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on and super excited to be here and chat with you. I know we're going to have a good time. Heck yes. I'm so excited to have you here, my friend. You're just a rock star by all trades. You're like a serial entrepreneur, author, chef, podcast host, sales coach, multi-million dollar serial entrepreneur. So I'm just pumped to hear about your story today who you are, where you've been and where you're going. It's exciting to see. And I just, I love your journey and I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. So now I'm going to start you off with the most loaded question. What inspired you on your journey to where you are today? Oh my goodness. So many things, man. I mean, but when you think about it, you know, for me, I grew up a single mom, you know, my, my dad went to jail when I was five for 13 years, you know, I, shit, I barely graduated high school, man. So, you know, when I, I was literally working at a fast food restaurant after high school, right? People, you know, friends were going to college, this and that. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, what the hell am I going to do with my life, man? I can't be doing this for the rest of my life, right? So when you think back, you know, 30 years ago or whatever that was, 20 years ago, right? And the things that inspired me was seeing people be successful and thinking to myself, I can do that. Like, I never thought to myself, looking around in my environment when I saw people being successful, like, I never thought, man, they are successful. So that means for some one way or another, I'm not going to be successful, right? That scarcity mindset. So I've always been inspired by hardworking, disciplined people that continue to show up and people that have been successful has always inspired me. And now that I've had a little bit of success myself, I realize that nobody gets to a level of success without putting in the commitment, the hard work. Like you don't even see half of the shit that people got to go through to get where they're at, man. And that, and that, and that continues to inspire me to stay because you can look at someone and be like, it took a lot to get there. You know what I'm saying? Could have gave up probably a hundred times. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing in society right now. Everybody thinks, you know, you can make seven figures in six months with all these gurus out here <laughs> being like, you know, make a seven figure Amazon e-commerce store, la, 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 la. you know, this instant gratification that our society has going on. So I, I totally feel you on that. I totally feel you on that. It's a whole yeah, the internet has fucked the game up. Yes, it has. <laughs> so it's, sometimes it's a good thing. And sometimes it's a bad thing, it's right? Gift in the curse. Exactly. Right. Because Anthony, I'm, I'm sure people look at you now and they're like, whoa, you know, he's got it going on, you know, 50 million sold. He's got all these companies. He's got all these things. Right. And then they don't understand what you went through to get there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's the thing is like, there's been so many times I can look back in the last 15 years where, you know, I should have gave up man. I should have went home. Like I should have, you know, I, I was sleeping on futons and like, you know, sleeping on, you know, being like at a certain age in life, like where you're not supposed to be doing shit like that. Right. You should be 
You know what I'm saying? So, so many different times, you know, I look back and think to myself, you know, but, but now so grateful that, that I didn't give up like, and I just kept pushing along. And that's really the, uh, the common denominator, I think, through a lot of successful people, right, is once you overcome a few things and you start to gain some like confidence, like, okay, you know, the world's like not going to push me around, right? So you get, you start to get a little bit of momentum and you start to think, okay, like, you know, as long as I keep going, the only person that can really stop me from achieving this thing is me, right? But what you also realize is that it doesn't take one year, two year, three year, four year, you know, five years, right? This shit takes like 10 years to be really successful and build something that is sustainable and real. Like it took me literally 10 years, you know what I'm saying? To do a hundred thousand dollars in a month of net income, right? When I first started that goal, I thought it was going to happen. Like I was like, okay, we could now on the internet, people tell you, you can do a hundred thousand in a month, like, you know, just six month course. No, it doesn't happen. 10 years took me to achieve that. 10 years. And what do you think about this quote, you know, where it's like, you don't pay me for the time that it took me to do it. Now you paid me for the time it took for me to learn how to do that in such a small amount of time. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yep. I love that quote. That's a great quote because it's true. Like, you know, you can't do anything that's worth doing overnight. And I think, you know, I look at, that's why when I start projects now, I'm like, okay, this is a seven year play. You and I were talking offline, my latest business venture. It's a seven year play. I'm not going to take a dollar out of that business for seven years. And I'm okay with that. Right. Because I know at the end of seven, it's going to be, you know, an X number. Right. So I always am playing long game now. Right. 20 years ago, I was like, what's the new quick thing? Right. And that would always set me back. Right. So once I started playing long game, thinking long game, thinking strategically, having a vision, I just started to make small progress over time. And then you gain momentum and then you get to a point where things become easier a little bit, right? Because you can kind of navigate your way through certain situations. Amen. I love that. So I want to reel it back a bit because your story is just like your energy. You're just a rock star, Anthony. You really are. And so I want to ask you this question. What did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? The earliest I can remember, I probably wanted to be a baseball player. But, you know, once you get to a certain age, you realize you can't hit a curveball and then you got to figure some shit out, right? So, (laughs) and I know you're in Boston, right? Yep. The big baseball town. You know, it's funny because that was probably what I wanted to be, right? And then life happens. So, you know, you get into high school and you start doing some things and you're in an environment, you know, you start getting into things you probably shouldn't be doing and you're going down the wrong path. I was a single mom. Nobody was telling me what I could do, what I couldn't do. And I was getting in trouble, right? So, you know, I was on juvenile probation, you know, even adult probation, you know, at one point, barely graduated high school, like I said, just for making wrong decisions, not because you know, I wasn't smart or anything like that. It was just, you know, making, literally making the wrong decision. So I say that to say there was a point in time in my life where I passed the point where I knew I wasn't going to be a doctor or an attorney or anything that society tells you that is quote unquote successful. Right. So I had to figure out another way to make it in the world. And once I started to do my own research and kind of figure things out, I was like, well, really the only option I have is to get into sales. So I had to teach myself how to sell so I could become valuable into the marketplace. And I don't, you don't have to have a degree or you don't have to have the, the contacts. You don't have, as long as you can drive revenue for companies and gain new customers, you become super, super valuable. So once I started to learn that, 
you know, um, I was able to gain some momentum. And I, for the last 30 years, I've just been honing my craft. I'm a professional salesperson, man. I really do this. This is what I do. It's all I know. I love it. Anthony, you're such a rock star. Now, what was that turning point for you that you decided, like that you made that choice? Because breaking these patterns, if you will, these life patterns, like you were saying, you were in and out of trouble all the time, didn't have anyone telling you what to do. You're kind of just doing your thing. How do you break that mentality? Right. And how do you break those habits? Because that's the hardest thing to do. Because once you get into that cycle, it's like, it takes a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, and habits are funny, right? Because they compound either way. So if you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, you know, if you eat an apple a day, you know, for a hundred days, you're going to be healthier than if you ate a Snickers bar every day for a hundred days, right? So it goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? So over time, when you're doing, making bad decisions, they compound, right? Then you get to a point where a lot of people, and I was at this point in my life at, at one point where I was like, man, I'm so far like removed from where I want to be, it's almost, it's almost overwhelming, right? So people just give up because it just take too much to get where they want to go. But I always had something inherently in me that even when I was making bad decisions, I always had something inherently in me that I was like, I know that I'm going to figure some sh- this out and I'm going to be successful. And I always had ambition and drive. And I really just had to get into my own space, man. So I, I literally moved away from my hometown when I was like 28, literally drove my car to Wisconsin to take a sales job, right? And the first stop I made when I got to Milwaukee was the Walmart to get an air mattress because I was subletting a room in somebody's home, not even an apartment. So I was, I lived in my hometown for 28 years. And then finally I was just like, I got to get away. I got to go figure some shit out. Like I got to go on my journey. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I took a sales job. I remember I was literally my, my base salary was like $30,000 a year. It was crazy. Wow. And it was all, everything else was commission. So I literally got in my car and drove to Milwaukee to take this sales job. And I remember, man, it was just like, I mean, there was six, six months. I didn't have enough money to put gas in my vehicle to go on sales calls. So that's where you, you look back and you're like, man, this is crazy. You know? So I made a decision around that time to where no matter what, I was going to figure it out. I was just going to figure it out no matter what, like I decided, so decided, you know, the Latin term from decided is like, it's it's some word that means to cut off from. Mm. So when you decide to really do something, everything else gets cut off. Right. So I decided, I was like, listen, you know, I don't have any advanced degrees. I don't, I have to figure out how to be a successful salesperson. And then I have to find an opportunity to where I can thrive. I mean, I tried and failed and tried and failed for a few years, three or four years until I put myself in a position to, um, you know, have a great opportunity, which we can talk about once we get to that point. Yeah, for sure. And so many amazing things that you said. So many gems were just dropped. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) So many gems. So in dealing with that rejection, right? Because you had come to this company and you were brand new. Like, how did you deal with that? Because coming out of something, when when you're trying to build yourself up, right? Because a lot of people run into this. And this is the reason I asked this question is the rejection part. When somebody's trying and they failed for so long and then they really, really try genuinely. And then they hit a wall again. Some of them just stop. Yeah. How do you break past that? You know, because you had mentioned it was kind of up and down for a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was tough. I mean, there, you know, because I would look around 
I mean, and, and I would look around and I would think to myself, man, there's nobody that has more talent than me. I really believe that, right? I really believe like, like, why am I in this spot? You know what I'm saying? I remember when I, after Milwaukee, I, I ended up going to Florida to take a position. So my, my whole strategy was I was just going to keep moving till I, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to, never was going to give up. I was going to keep moving. If I couldn't find an opportunity, if it wasn't a good opportunity, I was going to go on to the next one. I was going to put myself in a position to keep moving. So from Milwaukee, that opportunity really didn't work out because I was, my head space was, you know, I was a little all over the place, right? And I was trying to figure things out. Ended up going to Florida. And at that point, I would have to take a bus to work. So you're talking about somebody like, I never rode, you know, like a city bus on, because I had to ever, right? You know what I'm saying? So I was looking around like, man, how did I get to this space, right? But again, like, I just always felt like I, things were going to turn around for me one way or another. If I kept moving, you know, things were going to turn around for me. And from Florida to California, right? Different opportunities, different places. But all this time, even though I was failing, wasn't making the money that I wanted to make. You know, my, I wasn't hitting my goals. I was learning so much. I was learning from people. I was learning from situations, you know, and over time, and on top of that, I had cut out all of the, the negative stuff in my life. So I was really at net zero at that point. And I've become a pretty good salesperson, but I had just never put myself in an opportunity to make like real money. Right. And I think there were some limiting beliefs there too, where I was like, you know, maybe I didn't deserve a certain executive sales position or right. Cause you, you get in those spaces, but yeah, I mean, even though I was failing, I was learning lessons along the way. Right. That's what I, I consider. Failures are always lessons, no matter what. That's just what it is at the end of the day. That's incredible. And so what led you to the opportunity that you sort of hinted at a little bit, a little bit earlier? Yeah. So, so I was in Florida and I don't want to get too into the weeds in this because we'll confuse people, but I was in Florida and that company asked me to go to California to open up that office. Cause like I said, I was, I was a good salesperson. I was producing. It just wasn't an opportunity where you can make a lot, like a lot, a lot of money, Right. So they asked me to go out to California. Then they asked me to go back to, to Florida. Right. And I said, no, cause I didn't want to move back to Florida. I wanted to stay out in California, but we left on good terms. And now, so I was now in California with no job, literally no job. Right. So another faith move on my end. But, um, at that point, I was like, okay, the next move is going to be, I'm going to get out of selling to small to medium-sized businesses. I'm going to get out of selling commodities, and I'm going to get into selling big enterprise deals with Fortune 500 companies. And I had never done that before, but it was the next step. If I was going to be a professional salesperson, that was where I was going to be make real money. $250,000, $750,000 a year, right? As a salesperson. But there was a couple other things that I wanted too. I wanted... I wanted stock options. I wanted profit sharing, right? I wanted unlimited commissions. And this is what I coach people on now, right? I tell people, you know, there's certain things that you can look for in companies that can really help you generate a very, very high income, which then you can flip into some asset producing vehicles, right? So, you know, I interviewed for this company as a company that I'm still a large shareholder in now. This was 10 years ago and uh, they didn't hire me. So they interviewed me and, and I made it to the last two people and I didn't make it. I they, they hired the other person because he had like 20 years experience. This is in a different vertical, something I've never sold, never sold enterprise deals. Right. And yeah, they hired somebody else. So I'm continuing to look at other things and 
I did get another opportunity with, it was with a big bank. I didn't really want to go into the banking space because again, you can't make a lot of money in that space and it's very retail-ish, it's consumer-based. And I really wanted to stay in like a commercial space. So before I took that job, which I was going to take because I had to take something, I called the company back that didn't hire me. And I said, listen, I'm about to take this job. I don't really want to take it. Is there an opportunity come up since the last time that you didn't hire me? And the hiring manager was like, actually, we, we do have a, another opening and we'd love for you to come back in. I ended up getting the job then. So, and ever since then, it's just been, it's been crazy. It's been a whirlwind. So that was 10 years ago, but just think about that one little thing. I could have changed the whole course of my life, but I made the action. I took the initiative. You know what I'm saying? That was a big lesson for me um, then too. It was just like, listen, you know, you can't wait for people to come knock on your door. It's like, you know, you got to pick up the phone, make something happen. And that's always stuck with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I love is that you asked the question. So many people are afraid to ask the question. Yeah. What do you have to lose? That phone call changed your life. Changed my life. Yeah, it's crazy. Changed life. Because zero from zero is zero, right? right. Zero minus zero is zero, right? So again, you have nothing to lose. And this is breaking through fear, right? So that same mentality that I use then, I you know, now I use, you know, my everyday life to call people and, you know, to call big customers, big prospects, you know, make those tough conversations with customers. But um, yeah, just to make a long story short and button it up. So yeah, 10 years in now, I'm a large shareholder in the organization. Obviously, I have, you know, profit sharing, a lot of stock options. Uh, you know, we're a privately held company and, and we're really, really growing it. And um, it's been a good run. So it's it's been great. That's awesome. Can you expand on that a little bit for anybody who's listening? That's like, what's a stock option? What are you yeah. talking about? So what I tell people who want to be professional salespeople, because, you know, that's what I coach on now is like, listen, you want to become super valuable into the marketplace to where you're interviewing companies. You don't want to be in an interview where you're, inter- you're answering interview questions. Like, I want to go into the interview, like, is this a good company for me to work at? Like, is this the opportunity that I want? Right. And when I talk to people about it, I say, you can ask these questions. If you can drive revenue, if you can acquire new customers, you're very, very valuable. Right. So you always want unlimited commissions. You want stock options. Right. So some sort of equity. Right. Maybe a private company doesn't have stock options. But if you can negotiate equity, right, make take a lower base. Right. Take a lower base salary. Negotiate if you hit your target at the end of the year, you get some sort of equity within the company, something like that. And then profit sharing, right? So anything, once the company starts to to, to become really profitable, a lot of times they have opportunities where they'll share that profit against the with the highest producers in the company. So those three things, I mean, even if you talk to any person with an MBA, right? If you talk to some person with an MBA and they want to go work at Oracle or something, they're looking for the same three things. Stock options, profit sharing, unlimited commissions, whatever that looks like or at least working on commission. So that's what I coach people on. Like you need to be the value. You need to own that. You need to own that environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd look back on it now. I mean, I would never go and interview and be in an interview situation where I'd be, I'd be interviewing the company. Right. And, you know, obviously what I coach on now too is, you know, earn that high income, get all that good stuff because you're, you're earning investment income within a company, right? That's investment income within a company. It's not just earned income. Right. And then you take all that, And then you build your brand, which I've done, started to, right? You buy companies, which I've done. You start companies, you buy franchises, you buy asset producing vehicles, which I know you're a wizard at. So, but that's how you do that. That's how you generate real wealth by just being a lowly old salesperson. You know what I'm saying? 
Absolutely. Well, because most people listening are probably like, I wouldn't ever go into an interview and ask them for a piece of the company. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Right? Why wouldn't you? There's so much opportunity on the table. Just asking the question, like you said. Right. Just ask the question. I mean, that's wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So starting at that job, then how did how did your trajectory play out after that? After you took that position? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, so so again, I'm I'm one of the the uh, the top producers now in the company. You know, I generate over $10 million worth of business for the organization. I just deal with Fortune 500 companies, you know, big, big customers that everybody would know, big brands, big retail banking. And it's just fun, man. I just love it. You know, my background has uh, helped me along the way so much because, you know, I can go into a Fortune 500 company and I can sit down at a boardroom and I, you know, I can read people in a heartbeat which came from my growing up days, but I can relate to, you know, the young, you know, IT guy at the table. And I can relate to the old 50 year old guy down at the other table who likes the Grateful Dead. And this guy likes Jay-Z. And, you know, that's just the the personality, you know, God has blessed me with the ability to relate to a lot of people. And I've really learned that over time through all these experiences. So it's, it's been fun. That's incredible. That's incredible. I always like to say, you know, there's there's such thing as like street smarts that you can't really get from a book, right? <laughs> Most valuable thing in the world. Valuable yeah. thing in the world. Book smarts and street smarts, totally, totally yeah. different yeah. thing. You know, being able to walk into a room and read people. I mean, that's uh that's a whole nother thing. With me well, in the restaurant right. world, like the restaurant world is what prepped me to do that. So many things that I've learned that I didn't even realize I was learning in the restaurant world transitioned into like real estate and all this stuff. And you're just there and you're like, whoa, this is yeah. insane. Your ability to connect to people literally translate into your net worth. I, that's what I always say. Absolutely. 100%. I completely agree with that. And it's funny because we all go out on our journeys and we want to acquire all these skills and we want to acquire these degrees and we want to acquire all this shit that we think that people care about right? But at the end of the day, you probably inherently already have everything you need to be successful already in you. You just don't know it yet, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to go through the journey to learn that and to figure it out. That's the whole paradox of, of life, right? So if you can figure it out sooner than later, you'll probably be better off, but you got to go on your journey, man. You got to go, you got to get up and move. Absolutely, Anthony. Totally, totally agree. And I mean, in, in your field, which it sounds incredibly interesting and that I, I truthfully don't know much about, but it sounds absolutely fascinating. You know, what are some of like the common myths and how would you bust those myths or advice too? you know? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So there's something called the enterprise sale. Okay. And I coach on this as well, but what it is, it's you're selling a product or a service into an organization that has multiple locations across the country. So yep. think about thousand locations across the country, like a you know, like a 7-Eleven or, you know, a Starbucks or something like that, right? So you're going to take your product or service and they're going to scale it across their organization. So mm-hmm. a couple of things happen. You're exponentially solving a lot of problems quick, right? You're exponentially helping a lot of people quick, right? And that translates into higher commission checks, right? right. So right. the thing is, is that it's, but it's very complex and not a lot of people can deal with it. It has a long sales cycle. 12, 24 month sales cycle. There's a lot of key players in every deal. You've got to go and you know, you got to know who's the user buyer, who's the technical buyer, who cuts the check, who's signing off on the deal, 
right? So there's these very complex environments, a lot of egos, you know, a lot of relationships being built, you know, a lot of uh, personalities you got to manage, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that is where the big money can be made in, in sales. And I try to tell people, if you're going to get into sales and you're going to do it as a profession and be serious about it, that should be your ultimate goal to be an enterprise sales rep of some sort, right? And the myth is, is that you can't be a professional salesperson. There's this big connot- or not connotation, but there's this big, yeah, negative connotation with salespeople. Right. So what happens is people get into sales, they got one foot in and one foot out, and they're not fully committed to being a salesperson, right? They're like, oh, I'm just going to do this till I find the next thing, or this is just like, no, you got to be like, this is what I do, man. I'm a professional salesperson. I literally are still honing my craft 30 years. I'm reading, trying to figure out what's the next thing. How can I, how can I level up just a little bit? What's the next leverage point, right? Like, this is what I do and I've committed to it and it's paid off. So the myth is, you know, that you can't be a professional salesperson and I'm here to break that myth. I love it. And you've written three books so far. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I got one on cold calling because I'm a huge component of picking up the phone and, you know, with all the funnels and quick funnels, listen, I love that stuff too. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, I've never met a great salesperson ever that couldn't pick up the phone and create an opportunity or get a decision maker on the phone. Right. So I wrote my first book, I wrote on cold calling. And then the second book I wrote was on my sales mentality you know, I'm a huge mindset guy. I think, you know, it's invaluable, right? Your, your mindset. We've talked about that this whole time. And then the third one I just wrote was on the science of persuasion, Yeah, uh, which yep. is just, you know, it's just the interpersonal skills that it takes to, like you said, you know, use your God-given gifts to build relationships. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've written three books and you've been dropping the gems on this earth. Can you We're not me? like big books, so, you know, don't like gas me up too much. Like, you know, <laughs> but still, they've got gems in it. If you could give like your best tips from from them and don't spoil all of it so that everyone can read them. <laughs> but just yeah. Like- and if they want, if they if, so, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. But, you know, if if you, they go to my Instagram and they send me a DM, we can do you know, Pammy or, or whatever, underdog, right? I'll respond back to them and get them a free book of their choice, whichever one they want. So, you know, with cold calling with the gems, is, you know, you know, it's really about breaking through the fear of picking up the phone. The first chapter of the cold call book is, is on mindset, right? So, you know, it's, it's interesting, but, you know, it's just about flipping the mindset. So, you know, when I pick up the phone, I don't think I'm going to bother Pammy by calling her. I'm like, no, I got some good shit that's going to help her. She needs to hear this because I have some valuable stuff that's going to help her either generate more revenue for a company or reduce costs or whatever that is. Right. So that's a mindset shift. Right. You're not not bothering anybody. You're here to help. You'd be doing Pammy a disservice if you didn't let her know what you're offering. Right. It's a mindset. And then the mindset book is it's called My Sales Mentality. It's like the seven keys of things I've learned. We've talked a lot about those things already. And then the science of persuasion. We've talked a lot about that stuff too in there. But, you know, the thing is, is that I think, you know, with the internet and with sales funnels, I think people forget that phone skills are still very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, you mentioned something about the cold calling that I want to really back to for just a second. Because before I had my own brokerage, I was working with another commercial real estate brokerage and they were talking about cold calling. And I was like, I'm telling you, I had anxiety over picking up the phone. I was like, I am like the least salesiest person you'll ever meet. And then 
like you said, when you, you have to put it in your mind that you're not like spamming someone, you're, you're creating value. Right. And then once you do that, the game changes. I was like, oh, I don't want to pick up the phone. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to be that salesperson. Uh, you know, which is where a lot of people are. Right. So as you were saying that, I remember those days where I was like, ah! <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. You know, I have some scripting in there for cold calls and things like that. And they're very, very simple. They're not complex. They're not like some, you know, thing that you got to learn and be a black belt on. They're really very conversational. And I think, you know, when people can get in the mindset that they're there to help, like we're salespeople, man, we, we solve problems. That's what we do. We're here to solve problems. I'm not here. Never once in my, in my life past 20 years have I been like, oh, I'm out here to make a commission. I'm out here to help my customers. Whatever they need to do, I'm here to help them. The money always will come on the back end. Amen. I love it, Anthony. Yeah. And then you have the eight keys to an unshakable mindset. Yeah. There are a couple of your faves. That would be awesome. Yeah. Eight keys to an unshakable mindset. I think the biggest piece out of that one is, and this is where I think a lot of people can differentiate themselves. And I think this is where high performers differentiate themselves is being able to do the things that you know you need to do, even when you don't feel like it. Like how many times have you, you know, been trying to accomplish something or you have a, you know, a project you're working on or having the, the unshakable mindset, listen, no matter what's going on around me, however chaotic it gets, right? Whatever is going on, even if I don't feel like it, whatever, because we all go through things. Not, you know, I don't wake up on fire every day. I mean, most of the time, <laughs> you know, but I'm saying like, we all have these days, right? And I think the people that do the things they know they need to do with discipline and consistency, even when they don't feel like doing it, you can exponentially separate yourself from the competition, from the marketplace. I think that's the biggest takeaway there. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. I mean, to stay motivated, even in the times where, you know, you can just see the long goal. And that's the problem is I think there's a lot of short, short sighting now instead of long-term thinking, right? Long-term mm -hmm. thinking is what makes you rich. <laughs> Absolutely. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're doing. Oh, man. And the signs of persuasion, too, which is your latest and greatest, which is awesome, too. You can get a yeah. little snippet of that one. That'd be super awesome. Yeah, I think the science of persuasion is really about, you know, just tapping into your interpersonal side and being able to become relatable, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to become friendly, you know, being able to meet people where they're at. Right. And being able to build relationships that are genuine. Right. And I think it's it's super important. I touched on it a little bit earlier. Like, you know, once I really started to own the fact that, listen, I did some crazy shit in my day. Right. I've been places, you know, that I probably shouldn't have been. Right. And I was getting in trouble and I was on probation. Right. But those I started to take those uh, experiences and, you know, weave them into conversations with people when it was the right thing to do. And what happens is you become vulnerable. And when you become vulnerable, you know, relationships, you know, uh, expedite, right. And I think uh, it's, it's important. So that, that book is more about, you know, not persuading people per se, but, you know, being open to being transparent, right. And being authentic, right. And really building relationships with people. And, and, you know, I think your experiences, a lot of people don't want to but you've been through a lot of things in your life and you've done some things that you don't maybe want to share, right? But those are the things that you need to share in the right context. Real stories about the things that have shaped you and made you who you are. People really, really enjoy that. And it helps you foster relationships. Absolutely. And I think the world is craving authenticity more than anything else. 
what I'm seeing on all the platforms, LinkedIn. Now you can do a video intro when somebody goes on your LinkedIn and it's like all of a sudden the web is coming to life. That's nuts. Instagram is, is becoming more of a video centric app. You can't fake authenticity on video. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't, you can't fake energy. People can sense it. People can watch that video and like kind of feel it, you know, and, and it's just crazy that you, that you mentioned that becoming relatable and telling your story and because people can see right through you if you're BSing. That's just what True. it is. And I've had so many customers help me with this. Because when you first get into this game and you're dealing with Fortune 100 companies and you're not yourself, you think you have to be a certain way to, you know, have conversations with people. I mean, you're talking to the C-suite, CFOs, you know, CEOs, you know, people that uh, are perceived to be these big, you know, personalities. And uh, I've been lucky enough to have my customers, you know, really coach me when I was a young guy in this game, you know, you know, I'd write these like super long emails and like try to articulate and act smarter than I am. And now I just, I write my emails the way that I, that I talk. Like I get way more responses from the C-suite now. Luckily I've been doing this for a long time and I've been in quarterly business reviews with some of the biggest companies in the world. And they'd be like, when I was first starting out, I'm like, Anthony, none of this shit matters that you're, that you're reporting. You know, and I would be like, stay up for weeks, like trying to just those valuable lessons. And what happened was that, you know, you start to tell yourself, listen, it's okay. I'm supposed to be in the room. I had to tell myself I've earned the right to be in this room. You know what I'm saying? And my experiences and, you know, my credentials have given me the knowledge that I can provide value. Right. And take some time to get to that space. But, you know, I think being authentic is the first step for sure. Amen. Absolutely. So that's how I tell everyone, I'm like, just be yourself. Like yeah. <laughs> that's, what's going to bring your success. You can't duplicate you, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. So, so Anthony, my favorite questions coming for you, <laughs> which is what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Definitely stop wasting time. I wasted a lot of time doing stupid shit. Right. <laughs> so, yep. you know, what I've learned is, is that, but with that being said, I've been able to catch up. Right faster by just doing the complete opposite. So the point is, is that I would say, listen, everything you're doing throughout your day, every activity is taking you closer to your goal or further away from your goal. So what do you want it to be? Right. And um, I've become very, very productive and efficient that way. And it's helped me catch up a little bit from the first 28 years of my life that I fucking wasted. <laughs> no, that's awesome. It's hard, right? Because without that, would you be as driven, right? The other half of your question is, you know, I wouldn't take away any of the bad things or, you know, listen, we all go through bad stuff, but I would never change any of that because it may have taken my course, my life in a different course. So I would never change anything in the past. Uh, you know, I you know, like to give myself a little bit of knowledge that I didn't have. I was a knucklehead. So <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, Anthony. You're such a rock star. And so now what are you up to in the next like six to 12 months? What's happening in, in Anthony's world? I know you got so much going on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. And, and you know, and, and this is what I coach on. I appreciate you asking me the question. And I coach people on the first thing you need to do is create a high income for yourself. And it's okay to have earned income. You know, the internet will fuck the game up. I'm telling you, they tell you you need to have 19 streams of income. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to invest in real estate. And you do need to do all that, right? But the main thing is to get one stream of income as high as you can possibly get it. Like be good at one thing, okay? Like Amazon, they're good at one thing. Now that they're really, really good at one thing, they can 
fail at the, you know, Kindle, Fire Kindle, and they can fail at the whatever, right? But they've figured out Amazon Web Services isn't going anywhere, right? So my point is, is that get your income up as high as you can. And, and I've been able to do that, which has allowed me to have opportunities, you know, provided to me. So the first thing I did was I started to build my personal brand. I think everybody should do that, right? So, you know, I've been doing that. And, and, and for me, that was, that's a long play for me, you know, Pammy, like I never was like, oh, I got to monetize this in six months or I got, I've been doing this for three years. Now I've been doing it very consistently. I continue to put out content that are help people. I have, you know, lots of free resources. I, you know, I, I started the podcast, you know, but it's a long play for me. I'm not pressed, right? You know, I just continue to put out value and that's going to generate more opportunities down the road. Uh, the second thing it is obviously start to invest in real estate. So we have, you know, we started a, a real estate company, you know, so we do Airbnbs, uh, we do some short-term rental stuff. We also have some commercial investments and some in, some industrial investments in the real estate space. And then the, the my most recent venture is I bought my first franchise. So I'm a big believer in buying things that, you know, I don't want to like buy a job, right? I want to buy things that are going to produce revenue. And this is a great play because it's a logistics company. And it's just a great opportunity. I mean, you basically, you get to uh, to sell all over the country, right? You sell shipping products, right? So everybody, you know, customers that are shipping, you go after those customers, you provide value, but you get to build your book of business, right? And then you can sell it back to corporate uh, at a multiplier of gross margin. So it's, again, it's a seven-year play. So I won't take a dime out of that business for seven years, but at the end of it, it's, you know, it's going to be worth seven figures. So everything's long-term play for me. Obviously real estate is, as you know, you're the wizard. The franchise piece is a seven-year deal. You know, my brand, which I've invested a lot of money in is a long-term play as well. So, you know, we're generating a little bit of revenue from the brand, but again, it's a long-term deal. So those, those three things are where we're at now. That's amazing, Anthony. That's amazing. I'm so excited to see what you do in the future. I think you're just going to continue blowing up and just Run the world, my friend. Yeah, oh. I hope so. I hope so. If I don't self-sabotage it one way or another. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anthony, now where can everybody find you and your awesomeness? You can get to everything from, from Instagram. So it's at Anthony Eisenman, you know, which the, will be in the show notes, but it's A-N-T-H-O-N-Y and then E-I-S-E-N-M-A-N. A uh, ton of free content, like to help salespeople on my Instagram. But then obviously in my link tree, you can go to my website, which has even more free content to have like video coaching, like everything you possibly think of to help salespeople make more money, generate more revenue for their company, bring on more new customers. You can access my books there, which you can buy. And I told your, your audience too, if they DM me the word underdog, we'll get them a free book as well. So you can get to every to everything through Instagram, all the dirty work's done on Instagram. I love it. You are a rock star, my friend. Thank you so, so, so much for being here today. I loved your story. I love your mentality. I love what you're up to in the world. And I just know you're going to keep soaring and keep crushing it. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. We're kindred souls, man. I love your energy too. You know that I love what you're doing. I know you got big things coming as well with not only all your other stuff, but this podcast is popping. So I'm excited to be on it. To tell you the truth, I'm, I'm blessed. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anthony. You're a rock star. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy 
of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.